good morning, every. Oh, excuse me, my Red Bull was getting me. Good morning, everybody. Um, you're listening to Sister on Scripture, and it's Monday, May the 15th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm so glad to have you all here. Good morning, uh, Ryan, Charlotte, and Emily, um, and any of those that I've missed. Um, good morning. Today, um, when we left off on Thursday, we were finishing in the book of Jeremiah. Well, not finishing, but we were in, I believe we had finished up to chapter 33. Um, but I was thinking we might be on 34, so... I'm going to go ahead and just um, read through 33. I know we did read that one, I'm pretty certain. Um, but it's still important, so we'll just kind of start from 33 and go on from there. I'm going to be reading out of the NASB 1977 edition this morning, my Greek-Hebrew study Bible. I pray everyone had a joyous Mother's Day yesterday and that you um, were blessed with your family, with memories, and um, just reminded of the things that truly do matter. It's not the gifts, but to me, it's the memories made. And, you know, as our children grow, and some of you may already have children that are grown and even grandchildren or possibly even great-grandchildren, um, mine are about grown. Um, all of mine are 18 or above. I have a 21 year old, a 20 year old and an 18 year old, um, children. And our oldest daughter who's 20, she'll be 21 in July is expecting a baby. So we're going to be grandparents in November. She's moving to Alaska, um, which is sad, but so I got to send her a little, um, Mother's Day gift for her first Mother's Day. Technically, she hasn't delivered, but she's still a mama. She's got a baby in the tummy, and God's, you know, growing that precious one. And so I sent her this um, little gift that has a picture of, um, she put her sonogram picture in, and it has, um, it says, love at first heartbeat. And it was just so precious, and it has a heart, and so I sent her that, nothing big, um, but just something, you know, something sweet. And just a reminder, you know, that soon she's going to be a mom. And we, when I was listening to church yesterday, Pastor Benny was talking about the stages that we go through and uh, with our parents. And as, you know, as children, you know, we rely on our parents to to help us and then we go through that transition stage as teens where we know it all you know and I'm sure Pastor Benny had talked about this billboard that um, I had seen it's been probably 20 years or so ago and it says attention teenagers uh, move out and get a job and and do something while you still know everything you know and that's true teenagers think that they know everything and so they kind of pull away from their parents and they're trying to just see their friends and and find where they fit in, you know? And then as young adults, they grow again and, and the relationship changes, especially when they go to have children. Um, then they see what the parents have sacrificed and done for them and why they did it and did it out of love, just like God does with us. You know, we get disciplined when we're when we're doing wrong, but 
it's because he loves us and wants to guide us correctly. And then, of course, as they become, you know, in their 30s to 40s, um, you know, they're starting to be where they need to take care of their children and should, or their parents, and they should, because the parents took care of them. And, you know, it used to be where the family took care of one another. And, and Pastor Benny had mentioned this, and I'm not going to take all from his sermon because it was great, but um, he was just talking about how the children, once the parents get of, of older age and can't care for themselves, how the, the children should be helping to take care of the parents. And they should not be in these assisted living and long-term cares and stuff like that, but rather in the home. Um with the family, respectfully. But now people have moved um, away from their families and are more distant than they they were. Um, I think this is probably the most distant anyone has really been from, from their family. Um, it just seems like more and more people are moving and going different places instead of staying where they're from. And so I just wanted to touch on that a little bit with it being Mother's Day yesterday and just the reflections back on, you know, being a mom and raising my children and then getting them to this different stage now. Um, and as they continue to grow, we all have different stages and relationships with our children if we have children. Um, those of you who don't have children, I'm sure you could kind of see it as well. Um you know, just with your friends and with your friends' children. Just because you haven't had children yourself doesn't mean that you don't know that, ex you know, the experience of, you know, I I'm sure you probably have friends that you've helped raise their children. I know I'm like that. Um, I treat everyone's children like I do my own. And that's because, you know, I go by that golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. So, you know, it kind of, it takes a village, really. And so I just wanted to, to touch on that a little bit. We're going to go ahead and jump into some scripture now. Um, just a little bit before I do, though, I want to let you know tonight on Knickknacks at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, we have Shemaine Nugent on, and me and her are discussing toxic mold. So make sure to be there. Um, toxic mold is something that everybody... Um, not everybody here, because I see we have a few new listeners in this morning. Um... My family, we have just recently discovered we have toxic mold on the entire left side of our home. We, we live in an RV. It's a fifth wheel. It's a decent size. It's my husband and I am our 18-year-old. But the entire left side of our RV has mold growing. Um, and we're finding that most of it came from a leaky toilet that we didn't realize had a slow leak. But there was also um, our awnings over the slides. We were letting some water in where they were, um, had been wind damaged some um, over this, you know, last month. We had some really strong uh, wind gusts on multiple days. And so that didn't help anything. And so we were able to order um, through the donations that y'all have given me on Gifts and Go. And I appreciate that so, so very much. I was able today to go ahead and order the toilet and the seal kit that I need um, so we could stop the water leaking in the 
bathroom and then start repairing. We got to get the, the water stopped and everything fixed before we can. But unfortunately, a lot of this stuff that I'm going to need to replace is very expensive. And so I'm looking at some thrift stores and things like that to try to find a new sofa. And um, we've got to get new mattresses, at least two new mattresses for my one for my daughter's bed and one for our bed and then the clothes because my closet had mold um i've got to replace a lot of clothing uh bedding and so it's just been um taking it one step at a time but i have faith that father is um and he has he's been answering many prayers so just wanted to do um, a little thank you for you guys that have donated and given so generously i really appreciate it um if you want to share or donate you can go on gifts and go and it's nikki knight 11 n-i-k-k-i-k-n-i-g-h-t one one on gifts and go i really do appreciate all of you um taking the time to donate and pray and, and send me the messages that you have uh, to help us. But definitely don't miss out on the show with Shemaine and I tonight at 7 Eastern. So Jeremiah 33, the heading is Restoration Promised. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time while he was still confined in the court of the guard saying, Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who, made, who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. For thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the houses of this city and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah which are broken down to make a defense against the siege mount and against the sword. While they are coming to fight with the Chaldeans and to fill them with the corpses of men whom I have slain in my anger and in my wrath, and I have hidden my face from the city because of all their wickedness, behold, I will bring to it health and healing, and I will heal them, and I will reveal to them an abundance of peace and truth. And I will restore the fortunes of Judah and the fortunes of Israel, and I will rebuild them as they were at first. And I will cleanse them from all their inequity by which they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their inequities by which they have sinned against me and by which they have transgressed against me. And it shall be to me a name of joy, praise, and glory before all the nations of the earth which shall hear from, oh, excuse me, which shall hear of all the good that I do for them. And they shall fear and tremble because of all the good and all the peace that I make for it. Thus says the Lord, yet again there shall be heard in this place of which you say, it is a waste without man and without beast, that is, in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate without man and without inhabitant and without beast. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. The voice of those who say, Give thanks to the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And of those who bring a thank offering into the house of the Lord, for I will restore, I will restore the fortunes of the Lord. I'm sorry, let me start that over. For I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were at first, says the Lord. 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, there shall again be in this place, which is waste without man or beast. And in all its cities, a habitation of, of shepherds who rest their flocks. In the cities of the hill country, in the cities of the lowland, in the cities of the Negev, in the land of Benjamin, in the environs of Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, the flock shall again pass under the hands of the one who numbers them, says the Lord. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good word which I have spoken concerning the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch of David to spring forth, and he shall execute justice and righteousness on the earth. In those days, Judah shall be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell in safety. And this is the name by which she shall be called, The Lord is our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. And the Levitical priest shall never lack a man before me to offer burnt offerings, to burn green offerings, and to prepare sacrifices continually. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant for the day and my covenant for the night, so that day and night will not be at their appointed time, then my covenant may also be broken with David my servant, that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne and with the Levitical priest, my ministers. As the host of heaven cannot be counted and the sand of the sea cannot be measured, so I will multiply the descendants of David, my servant and the Levites who minister to me. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Have you not observed what this people have spoken? Seeing the two families which the Lord chose, he has rejected them. Thus they despise my people, no longer are they a, as a nation in their sight. Thus says the Lord, if my covenant for day and night stand not, and the fixed patterns of heaven and earth I have not established, then I would reject the, the oh, excuse me, then I will reject the descendants of Jacob and David, my servant, not taking from his descendants rulers over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But I will restore their fortunes and will have mercy on them. Jeremiah 34. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army with all the kingdoms of earth that were under his dominion and all the peoples were fighting against Jerusalem and against all its cities, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Go and speak to Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am giving this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he will burn it with fire. And you will not escape from his hand, for you will surely be captured and delivered into his hand, and you will see the king of Babylon eye to eye, and he will speak with you face to face, and you will go to Babylon. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O Zedekiah, king of Judah. Thus says the Lord concerning you, you will not die by the sword. You will die in peace, and as spices were burned for your fathers, the former kings who were before you, 
So they will burn spices for you, and they will lament for you. Alas, Lord, for I have spoken the word, declares the Lord. Then Jeremiah the prophet spoke all these words to Zedekiah, the king of Judah, in Jerusalem, when the army of the king of Babylon was fighting against Jerusalem and against all the remaining cities of Judah, that is, Lashish and Azekah, for they alone remained as fortified cities among the cities of Judah. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord after King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people who were in Jerusalem to proclaim release to them. That each man should set free his male servant and each man his female servant, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, so that no one shall, should keep them, a Jew his brother, in bondage. And all the officials and all the people obeyed who had entered into the covenant that each man should set free his male servant and each man his female servant so that no one should keep them any longer in bondage. They obeyed and set them free. But afterward, they turned around and took back the male servants and the female servants whom they had set free and brought them into subjection for male servants and for female servants. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I made a covenant with your forefathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, saying, At the end of seven years, each of you shall set free his Hebrew brother, who has been sold to you and has served you six years. You shall send him out free from you, but your forefathers did not obey me or incline their ear to me. Although recently you had turned and done what is right in my sight, each man proclaiming release to his neighbor, and you had made a covenant before me in the house which is called by my name, yet you turned and profaned my name, and each man took back his male servant and each man his female servant, whom you had set free according to their desire, and you brought them into subjection to be your male servants and female servants. Therefore, thus says the Lord, you have not obeyed me in proclaiming release each man to his brother and each man to his neighbor. Behold, I am proclaiming a release to you, declares the Lord, to the sword, to the pestilence, and to the famine, and I will make you a terror to all the kingdoms of the earth. And I will give the men who have transgressed my covenant, who have not fulfilled the words of the covenant which they made before me when they cut the calf in two, and passed between its parts, the officials of Judah and the officials of Jerusalem, the court officers and the priests, and all the people of the land who passed between the parts of the calf. And I will give them into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life. And their dead bodies shall be food for the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth. And Zedekiah, king of Judah, and his officials I will give into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life and into the hand of the army of the king of Babylon, which has gone away from you. Behold, I am going to command, declares the Lord, and I will bring them back to this city and they shall fight against it and take it and burn it with fire. And I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without inhabitant. A little red there, wet your rooster crow.
Jeremiah 35. The Rechabites obedience. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Joachim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Go to the house of the Rechabites and speak to them and bring them into the house of the Lord into one of the chambers and give them wine to drink. Then I took Jezaniah, the son of Jeremiah, son of Habaziniah, and his brothers, and all the sons of the whole house of the Rechabites. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of Igdaliah. Oh. Igdaliah? Igdaliah. That's I-G-D-A-L-I-A-H. You guys know how I am with pronunciations. And it was really funny that Little Red said it on, uh, this is an official podcast, how us Southerners make up our own words. We do. Yes, Mila, those words are, they're hard. And with us, with our English language, you know, we don't, the English language here in America is kind of backwards um, for most of the country. Or the world, not the country, but most of the world. We're a little backwards. But I appreciate y'all bearing with me on these names. I don't have my pronunciation expert in chat. Jeff is great at that. So, Igdalia, Igdalia, it looks like Dahlia, anyway. The man of God, which was near the chamber of the officials, which was above the chamber of Messiah, not Manasseh, Messiah, M-A-A-S-E-I-A-A-H, the son of Shalom, the doorkeeper. Then I set before the men of the house of the Rechabites pitchers full of wine and cups, and I said to them, drink wine. But they said, we will not drink wine, for Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, you shall not drink wine, you or your sons, forever. And you shall not build a house, and you shall not sow seed, and you shall not plant a vineyard or own one. But in tents you shall dwell all your days, that you may live many days in the land where you sojourn. And we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he commands us, not to drink wine all our days, we, our wives, our sons, or our daughters." nor to bind our, build ourselves houses to dwell in. And we do not have, a, have vineyard or field to, or seed. We have only dwelt in tents and have obeyed and have done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. But it came about when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against the land that we said, Come and let us go to Jerusalem before the army of the Chaldeans and before the army of the Armenians. So we have dealt, dwelt in Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and say to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will you not receive instruction by listening to my words? declares the Lord. The words of Jonadab, 
the son of Rechab. Rahab. I think it's Rahab. Rahab, maybe. I don't know. Which he commanded his sons not to drink wine are observed. So they do not drink wine to this day. For they have, they have obeyed their father's command. But I have spoken to you again and again, yet you have not listened to me. Also, I have sent you to all my servants, the prophets, sending them again and again, saying, Turn now every man from his evil way and amend your deeds, and do not go after other gods to worship them. Then you shall dwell in the land which I have given to you and to your forefathers. But you have not inclined your ear or listened to me. Indeed, the sons of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, have observed the command of their fathers, which he commanded them, but this people has not listened to me. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing on Judah and on all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the disaster that I have pronounced against them. Because I spoke to them, but they did not listen. And I have called to them, called them, but they did not answer. Then Jeremiah said to the house of the Rechabites, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Because you have obeyed the command of Jonadab your father, kept all his commands, and done according to all that he commanded you. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab the son of Rechab, Rechab shall not like a man to stand before me always. Jeremiah 36. Jeremiah's scroll read in the temple. And it came about in the fourth year of Joachim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take a scroll and write on it all the words which I have spoken to you concerning Israel and concerning Ju Judah and concerning all the nations from the day I first spoke to you, from the days of Josiah even to this day. Jeremiah was one of the writing prophets, as opposed to prophets like Elijah and Elisha, who left no writings bearing their names. This chapter indicates how some of the prophets may have written their books. And in order to encourage Judah to repent, God wanted Jeremiah to write down all the words which he had given him since he began more than 20 years before. Instead of writing the words himself, Jeremiah dictated them to Baruch, Baruch B-A-R-U-C-H, his scribe. And that's going to be um, Isaiah 30 or Jeremiah 36, 4, which we'll get to in just a minute. The scroll eventually got to King, King Joachim and he destroyed it piece by piece. And that's in um, Jeremiah 36, 23, which we'll get to as well. God simply directed Jeremiah to do it again, giving him additional words. And Jeremiah and Baruch repeated the process. And that's going to be in Jeremiah 36, 27 to 32. Earlier, Isaiah had written and sealed up an oracle at God's command, and that was Isaiah 8, 1, and 16, which I'll read. Isaiah 8, 1 is, Then the Lord said to me, Take for yourself a large tablet and write on it in ordinary letters, 
Swift is the booty, speedy is the prey. And 16 says, bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. And it was also, um, that's also from Daniel 8.26 as well. Um, there's a note there. But that was Isaiah 8.16. And Habakkuk was told to write down a vision in Habakkuk 2.2. 2. Habakkuk 2.2 2 says, then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. And three just says, For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal, and it will not fail, though it tarries. Wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. And that was Habakkuk 2. Two and three. So back to Jeremiah thirty-six, three. Well, I'm gonna reread actually two, so that way y'all can get the context. Take a scroll and write on it all the words which I have spoken to you concerning Israel, and concerning Judah, and concerning all the nations from the day I first spoke to you, from the days of Josiah even to this day. Perhaps the house of Judah will hear all the calamity which I plan to bring on them in order that every man will turn from his evil way. Then I will forgive their inequity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Baruch, the son of Neriah. And Baruch wrote at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which he had spoken to him on a scroll. And Jeremiah commanded Baruch saying, I am restricted. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. So you go and read from the scroll which you have written at my dictation the words of the Lord to my people in the Lord's house on a fast day. And also you shall read them to all the people of Judah who come from their cities. Perhaps their supplication will come before the Lord and everyone will turn from his evil way. For great is the anger and the wrath that is the Lord that the Lord has pronounced against this people. Remember when we were talking about fasting? Um, that that was a way to to hear the Lord better, or so they say. I think it. I think when you fast, you do actually um, get more from the Holy Spirit, maybe. Uh, that's not really the right way to say it. It's kind of hard to describe. Thirty-six nine. Now it came about in the fifth year of Joachim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, that all the people in Jerusalem and all the people who came from the cities of Judah to Jerusalem proclaimed a fast before the Lord. Then Baruch read from the book the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord in the chamber of oh Jemirah this one's a hard one it's G-E-M-A-R-I-A-H Jemariah the son of Shaphan the scribe in the upper court at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house to all the people 
Now when Micaiah, the son of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, had heard all the words of the Lord from the book, he went down to the king's to the king's house and to the scribe's chamber. And behold, all the officials were sitting there. Elishama the scribe and Deliah, Delilah, Deliah, the son of Shemaiah, and Elnathan, the son of Akbor, and Jemariah, the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah, the son of Hananiah, and all the other officials. And Micaiah declared to them all the words that he had heard when Baruch read from the book to the people. Then all the officials sent Jehudi, the son of Methaniah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Cushi, to Baruch, saying, Take in your hand the scroll from which you have read to the people and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took the scroll in his hand and went to them. And they said to him, Sit down, please, and read it to us. So Baruch read it to them. Now it came about when they had heard all the words, they turned in fear one to another and said to Baruch, We will surely report all these words to the king. And they asked Baruch, saying, Tell us, please, how did you write all these words? Was it at his dictation? Then Baruch said to them, he dictated all these words to me, and I wrote them with ink on the book. Then the officials said to Baruch, Go, hide yourself, you and Jeremiah, and do not let anyone know where you are. So they went to the king in the court, but they had deposited the scroll in the chamber of Elishama, the scribe, and they reported all the words to the king. Then the king sent Jehudi to get the scroll, and he took it out of the chamber of Elishama, the scribe. And Jehudi read it to the king as well as to all the officials who stood beside the king. Now the king was sitting in the winter house in the ninth month with a fire burning in the brazier before him. And it came about when Jehudi had read the three or four columns. The king cut it with a scribe's knife and threw it into the fire that was in the brazier until all the scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the brazier. Yet the king and all his servants who heard all these words were not afraid, nor did they rend their garments. Even though Elnathan and Delilah, Delilah, I don't know, and Jemariah entreated the king not to burn the scroll. He would not listen to them. And the king commanded Jeremiel, the king's son, Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shalemiah, the son of Abdeel, to seize Baruch, the scribe, and Jeremiah, the prophet. But the Lord hid them. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after the king had burned the scroll and the words which Baruch had written at the direction of Jeremiah, saying, Take again another scroll, and write on it all the former words that were on the first scroll which Joachim the king of Judah burned. And concerning Joachim, king of Judah, you shall say, 
Thus says the Lord, you have burned this scroll, saying, Why have you written on it that the king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land and shall make man and beast to cease from it? Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Joachim, king of Judah, he shall have no one to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out to the heat of the day and the frost of the night. I shall also punish him and his descendants and his servants for their inequity, and I shall bring on them and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the men of Judah all the calamity that I have declared to them, but they did not listen. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch, the son of Neriah, the scribe, and he wrote on it at the direct at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Joachim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire. And many words, many similar words were added to them. Jeremiah 37. Jeremiah warns against trust in Pharaoh. Now Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had made king in the land of Judah, reigned as king in place of Kaniah, the son of Joachim. But neither he nor his servants nor the people of the land listened to the words of the Lord, which he spoke through Jeremiah the prophet. Yet King Zedekiah sent Jechal, the son of Shalemiah, and Zephaniah, the son of Man. I always want to say Manasseh, but this one is not Manasseh. It's Masiah, I believe. It's spelled M-A-A-S-E-I-A-H. The priest to Jeremiah the prophet, saying, Please pray to the Lord our God on our behalf. Now Jeremiah was still coming in and going out among the people, for they had not yet put him in the prison. Meanwhile, Pharaoh's army had set out from Egypt, and when the Chaldeans had been besieging Jerusalem, heard the report about them, they lifted the siege from Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Thus you are to say to the king of Judah, who sent you to me, to inquire of me. Behold, Pharaoh's army, which has come out for your assistance, is going to return to its own land of Egypt. The Chaldeans will also return and fight against this city, and they will capture it and burn it with fire. Thus says the Lord, Do not deceive yourself, saying, The Chaldeans will surely go away from us, for they will not go. For even if you had defeated the entire army of Chaldeans who were fighting against you, and there were only wounded men left among them, each man in his tent, they would rise up and burn the city with fire. Now what happened when the army of the Chaldeans had lifted the siege from Jerusalem because of Pharaoh's army? That Jeremiah went out from Jerusalem to go to the land of Benjamin in order to take possession of some property there among the people. While he was at the gate of Benjamin, a captain of the guard, whose name was Erijah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Hananiah, was there, and he arrested Jeremiah the prophet, saying, You are going over to the Chaldeans. But Jeremiah said, A lie! I am not going over to the Chaldeans. Yet he would not listen to him, so Erijah arrested Jeremiah and brought him to the officials. Then the officials were angry at Jeremiah, 
and beat him, and they put him in jail in the house of Jonathan, the scribe, which they had made into the prison. For Jeremiah had come into the dungeon, that is, the vaulted cell, and Jeremiah stayed there many days. Now King Zedekiah sent and took him out, and in his place, and excuse me, and in his palace, the king secretly asked him and said, Is there a word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, There is. Then he said, You will be given into the hand of the king of Babylon. Moreover, Jeremiah said to King Zedekiah, In what way have I sinned against you, or against your servants, or against this people that you have put me in prison? Where then are your prophets, who prophesied to you, saying, The king of Babylon will not come against you or against this land? But now, please, listen, O oh my lord, the king, Please let my petition come before you, and do not make me return to the house of Jonathan the scribe, that I may not die there. Then King Zedekiah gave commandment, and they committed Jeremiah to the court of the guardhouse, and gave him a loaf of bread daily from the Baker Street, until all the bread in the city was gone. So Jeremiah remained in the court of the guard's house. And I'm going to stop there for today. Um, we'll pick up Jeremiah 38, where Jeremiah is thrown into the cistern on Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Next Monday, oh, excuse me, no, not next Monday. We're good on next Monday. Monday the 29th, which is Memorial Day, uh, likely we'll have a recorded show for you guys. I won't do a live show that day. Um, with it being Memorial Day, and my daughter's actually going to be in town. so, And we've got graduation that weekend, so we're going to be very swamped. Um, if you guys want to go ahead and send me your prayer request, we will pray in just a second. Sorry for the dead air. I'm trying to get something to pull up real quick. Okay, this clip, it's about eight minutes long. Um, I may stop it a little bit early, but um, I'll go ahead and leave this going so y'all can have a chance to get prayer requests in. This is the importance of changing. Um, just therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature. It is an ongoing process which does not happen overnight. Yes, Mary, she made it tonight at seven. Spiritual maturity is achieved through becoming more like Jesus Christ. It requires a radical reordering of your priorities, changing over from pleasing self to pleasing God and learning to obey God and do His will. The key to maturity is consistency, perseverance in doing those things that will bring us closer to God. 
And these practices are best known as the spiritual disciplines, and they include things like reading the Bible, meditating on the Word, prayer, fellowshipping with other Christians, attending church service and stewardship, or being discipled. However, these alone will not take us to maturity without the enabling of the Holy Spirit within us, no matter how hard we work on the spiritual disciplines. Philippians 3 verse 12 says, Not that I have already attained, or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Like Paul, believers have to press continually toward deeper knowledge of God in Christ Jesus. Galatians 5 verse 16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Apostle Paul is instructing us, the believers, to take things step by step, learning to walk under the instruction of the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit means we walk under the control of the Holy Spirit, and as we continue to submit more and more to the control, leadership, and promptings of the Holy Spirit, we will see an increase of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Now the fruit of the Spirit characterizes spiritual maturity. When we become Christians, or when we give our lives to Jesus, we are given all we need for spiritual maturity, according to 2 Peter 1 verse 3, which says, As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, God alone is our resource, and all growth comes by grace through him. We have a responsibility to make the choice to obey. Peter goes on in verse 5 of 2 Peter 1, verses 5-8. through 8. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control steadfastness or perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Being effective and fruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus is the essence of spiritual maturity. Our spiritual maturity defines whether we are true followers of Jesus Christ or not. Now to be a follower or a disciple of Jesus is to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him according to Mark 8 verse 34. When he had called the people to himself, with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus made this call because he knows if we are unwilling to deny ourselves and to follow him in our actions, then we are not really following him at all, even in our spirit. God meets us in our mess and accepts us as we are. However, he does not want us to remain the same. He wants us to progress to maturity. Hebrews 6 verse 1 says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. God's plan is for us to move beyond the elementary teachings or the basic doctrine. He wants us to grow more into the image of Jesus Christ. And this is what spiritual maturity is all about. 
because all our characteristics are to be more like Jesus in every way. When we get born again, we are like babies in Christ and the Bible describes new believers as feeding on milk. But God expects us to go through all the milestones and come to a point where we are no longer spiritual babies, but mature into spiritual adults. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 2 says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. Apostle Paul is comparing the Corinthians Christians to babies because despite being saved for some unexplained length of time, they still had not matured spiritually. The problem was not that they were not Christians, neither was it because they had been denied the opportunity to grow. These believers had access to the power of the Holy Spirit, but they simply had not participated in the process of abandoning their selfish ways so that they can grow. They had neglected the spiritual disciplines which could have spiritually empowered them, and Paul held them responsible for their own lack of spiritual growth. It is of paramount importance that a believer grows to maturity so they can feed themselves. Not only feed themselves, but after some time a believer must mature to a stage of feeding others, leading other people to receive Christ, discipling other believers, and be equipped for every good work. Maturity is a process that continues until Jesus comes back for us. There is no time that a believer can say now that I have arrived, claim to be mature, and be proud of how much they know the Bible. Philippians 1 verses 9 through 11. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. The spiritual life is often compared to walking upstream, and if you are not progressing forward, then you are going backwards. The waves of this world are too powerful. The ungodly TV shows, ungodly music, and the depraved cultures are always seeking to push the believer backwards. As a believer, one has to see to progress to maturity. The first sign or mark of a mature Christian is to continually be abounding in love. Christ said all the laws were summed up in love. He also taught that love would be the mark of every true follower of him, according to John 13 verse 35. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love is resident in every believer, according to Philippians 1 verse 9. Maturity is also marked by growing in knowledge. As believers, we must grow in the knowledge of the Word of God, because Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. Spiritual discernment is another sign of spiritual maturity. A believer has got to be able to discern between good and evil. Spiritual discernment is needed in a believer in order to test every spirit. Spiritual maturity is also marked with good works, according to Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. A mature Christian is marked by glorifying God. A mature Christian glorifies God all their life while here on earth and throughout eternity. God bless you.
All right. So that's the end of that clip. I just thought, you know, it was, it's important to hear these affirmations and reminders and just to see um, just some extra, you know, boost of encouragement and uh, as well as knowing you're not alone, you know, and it, it sometimes, it, especially the more that we walk like Christ, the more isolated sometimes we become because a lot of people are in the world and are very attached to the worldly things. But those of us that are here in the world, but not attached to the worldly things, um, it can get kind of lonely sometimes. So no, you're never alone because um, Christ is always with us. And um, I think I'm going to start doing those on um, for during the time that we do prayer since Podbean won't play the music right. Um, so that way we got some some extra boost. But I will post that in Knickknacks on Telegram and in Christ Followers on Telegram. And Mary, I'll definitely send you that link um, for that. It's um, This was from JC Saints, The Importance of Changing. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are new creatures. Um, I just, I, I really liked it and and thought it was good. And I like to listen to a lot of those uh, just uplifting videos, you know. So if you guys, we're going to go ahead and pray. I've got the prayer request everybody had put in here. So we'll go ahead and pray. And then um, we'll close out. Heavenly Father, we come to you humbly. And thank you for all the many blessings that you've given us. Um, the ability just to wake up today lets us know that you've got a purpose for us, Father. And just pray that... You reveal that purpose to each of us and that you use each of us to do your work to bring glory to your name, Father, because that's what this is about, is to bring people to you, to help them find and follow Jesus, and just to be able to reach out to one another and lift one another up when, when we have those times that one is down, we can be there for one another to lift them up and and join with them in fellowship. And Father, that's why I'm so thankful that you give us this space to to not only just worship you and, and have our fellowship, but to also get closer in our walk with you and closer to each other. Father, for those that are that are live listening and those that are going to be listening later, Father, I just pray for blessings upon them, that if they have any needs that are not met, Father, that you will meet those needs, that they'll reach out to you and ask you for what they need. Uh, for some specific prayers, Lord, I just ask for, for prayers for Maggie and for Fanny, Mila's dog, um, that she doesn't have any infection and that she heals up fast and for Mila as well as she's trying to plan a Bards Fest revival in Chile Father I pray that you deliver all of the things that she needs to put this together um, you are you are leading her and she's stepping out on faith and and I know Father that you're going to deliver so bring the pastors that she needs that are multilingual bring the people there bring all of the things that she's needing in order to have this go great to bring more people in her country to Jesus for all of us um, working with Bards Fest that we're doing here in America I just pray for your blessings over that father that you stay the focus of all of it and that 
um, any volunteers and, and guest speakers and things like that will be, that they will be blessed, Father, and that you will use them as well to bring more glory to your name. Father, we, we went through Bards Fest in 2021 and we saw your works. We saw your hand in action. We saw the miracles, the rainbows, the the little stuff we saw. We got to see your precious children playing and, and we brought fellowship together. So, Father, I pray for the fellowship that's going to come about in Yuba City and in Kansas and in Portland, Father, that that you just continue to deliver and, and just amaze us more and more every day for Liz as they're traveling today I pray for safe travels for little red um, for safe travels as well um, for anybody that whatever the need may be an unspoken request for Mary and for Jeff and his and his job and Ryan and his family father I just pray that that every need be met that every person are as able to have what they need and then some father for Sharbird and and her family i just pray that you continue to direct her lord and guide her for emily just pray for for her body and her spirit and as she goes out there father walking with with you and 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 going about her day i just pray that she is blessed as well and for, you know, the Godcast team going out and getting those testimonies is so wonderful. Father, I'm just so thankful to have that. I, I thank you for the interview that I have with Shemaine and her experience with the mold um, and this toxic mold to help us remediate it. I thank you for all of those who have blessed my family with prayers, with wisdom, and with the donations on my gifts and go, Father, because you know this, this is going to be a process, and it's already a process. So thank you, Father, for blessing me as well um, with all of those things and, and with this wonderful family. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Oh, guys, thank you all so much for being here with me live. And uh, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to get to to be live today. Um, that EEG I had last week still kind of messed with me. Um, I did cause a seizure. And so I'm just still recuperating from that a little bit. Um, should get the results back sometime this week. So we'll know on that. But thank you all for being here. Thank you for 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 the donations, for the gifts and go, for the prayers, and just for your love and reaching out, guys. Y'all have been so amazing, and I love you all so much. I pray everybody has a wonderful, blessed day, and I will see you guys back tonight at 7 p.m. God bless you all.